From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Getting a geek, we're talking the gifted. It's Mitch and Maddie back again. Yeah, it is. And we don't ask each other what we're doing <laughs> on these podcasts anymore because we've already seen each other before we press record. So we're not going to yeah. do that fake bullshit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, episode six of uh, Gifted. Debut season, if you can believe it, because we've already had so much story in there. Um, got your six, conveniently. Bang. And if you haven't already noticed the trend of their episode titles, everything's got a six. An X in it. So it's something yeah. similar actually to um, The Mentalist. I used to watch The Mentalist when mm. it was on. And because his great enemy was Red John, every title of every episode was Red something and then it became like Crimson something. And There's um there's a species in uh, Star Trek and every every alien of that species, their name has an X in it somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. it's To the point where it's like they're naming people like Palaxia. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, that just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> there's a specific writing room that's just dedicated yeah. to coming up new and unique names. Now it's just like an auto-generator that just generates jargon with an X in it. And yeah. like, oh, that one looks like it's a name. That yeah. one's got enough vowels in it, it could be a name. <laughs> All right, so we pick up, as this show does each and every week, where le- last one left off, it is becoming this one long continuous story, which is great. But mm. like last week for me, another great prologue sequence uh, when you've got old mate Johnny. It's it's post the July 15 incident, and he is raising money. He's he's introducing himself as a uh, as a war veteran. His a- shirts were a lot tighter in the past. Yes, they were. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot when- more colourful, but a lot tighter. I feel yeah, like fugitives just deal with what they got. You know, I feel then like again, if he's trying to raise money, you know, he's yeah. he's playing with what he's been given yeah. so that makes sense <laughs> and it, again it was another one of these scenes where we see the way that normal you know muggles uh treats <laughs> those with mutated powers in the past it's been a bit of like you know a bit of fear a bit of misunderstanding this though was post the you know 715 event and so you can understand why this bloke who was there to give money is like, hang on, how dare you? Mm. You're a mutant. A mutant caused all these powers. So why would you be asking for money? And I didn't necessarily agree with it, obviously, because I know how I should be feeling. But that guy at least had a little bit more sense than just to go, I've heard on TV that you guys are bad. It's like, hey, a mutant yeah. basically detonated a nuclear bomb in the middle of the city mm. and wiped out a bunch of people. And Well, and he didn't throw a grenade either. So he's instantly nicer than the guys that were in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. He just, you know, yelled some bad words. I mean, Johnny... Mm. Like he was going to go and knock the blokes. Oh yeah, head off. Oh yeah, especially, use that superhuman strength. Yeah. to just crush him into a gooey paste. Well, especially when he sort of turned it back, and he's like, "No, I was a soldier for this country. I'm a, mm. you know, basically he fought in a human army. He's like, I did two tours, and do you know how many people died over there? And this guy's like, "Well, you're proving me wrong. I'm just going to walk away now, you know." And yeah. then obviously Pulse is still around because it's two years before he goes missing. So, um, you know, you get to see a little bit more of their friendship, and then 
you know, people coming along and wanting to, to... Oh, was that Pulse, was it? Well, I figured it was. Maybe it wasn't. Oh, I okay. just... It's so hard because when you see Pulse, he's <laughs> got the glowy eyes. Yeah. So I haven't really... I just assumed. Naturally, I assumed Ooh. and I'm probably I'll wrong. have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good to see, you know, just that little attack, which meant nothing on the overall story that they had, you know, some kind of grenade thrown at them by a passerby trying to disrupt what they were doing. But um, it was just to say, hey, this is another day in the life of a mutant. Now, I had a bit of an issue with it. Like, you oh. know, I love me some Johnny. I love yes. me some Johnny. But look, I'm not a tactician, but wouldn't throwing the grenade up have been a better idea than throwing it at a big thing of shrapnel on wheels that has a gas tank inside of it that's mm. going to make the explosion even bigger? I thought you were going to ask him to be Captain America and just to jump on top of the grenade. Obviously, oh, Captain I don't Am- think his powers are that good. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't have a vibranium shield either. So, yeah, no, you know, he would have... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm thinking about Captain America before Serum. When yeah. When he used to wheel the Oh, boy. when he jumped on the, on the, on the this, dead grenade. The sacrifice play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, he's powerful. He's not that powerful. Right, okay. Um, But, yeah, I'm just like, Okay, he looked over, saw the car. Now, there was that big, like, retaining wall in yes. the front there. There could have been someone sitting on the other side of that. <laughs> like, he, I mean, yes, he's an expert tracker. He's not that good in, in the moment, surely. There could have been homeless guys sitting on that yep. side. There could have been a kid asleep in the back of that car. Yep. I was just like, oh, is that really? Like, why would you throw it at a flammable fuel source? Mm. That just didn't seem right to me. However, you know, in Civil War, uh, when all that, when that grenade does come... Scarlet Witch does push it upwards, yep. and that's what caused all the problems. Didn't work so, out very well. So, nope. you know, but I feel like, yeah, if he'd gone up, maybe, but, you know. All right, well, that that's not so much of a nitpick, but you were like, you're questioning uh, his tactics. I'm actually going to bring up a bit of a nitpick, and I didn't even write it down to remind myself, but it's just sort of resurfaced in my mind. So, before I get into what I really did like about this episode, just a tiny little nitpick, and I'm only mentioning it to let you know mm. how minuscule oh look um, no tv shows no tv shows immune but you know it's just the level okay of how they go so, so when you have agent turner go back to sentinel services to work basically yeah and they had the establishing shot which they've been using for weeks you know it's it's a drone footage basically showing buildings it's one building in the middle of a bunch of others yeah in the middle of the city sentinel services shows him he's walking through the halls has an argument with one of his underlings and immediately I'm thinking, oh, there's no windows in this place. Like, it's so sinister. There's no windows in these hallways, you know. Mm. Um, and then it goes to his office. He goes, I'm going to be in my office. And there's a window. So I'm like, oh, thank God there's a window. There was like a tree out there and then a beautiful blue sky. And I'm like, whereabouts is your office? When you're, if you've got a window office that is in that building that we see to be Sentinel Services that is in the middle of many other buildings. Either you're up too tall to have a tree outside your window, it would explain the blue sky, but not tree, or you're low enough to explain the tree, but there would be no blue sky because you're surrounded by other buildings. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Such an irrelevant, ridiculous comment. It's such a tiny (laughs) nitpick, but I'm like, obviously those two things are shot you know, that, that office is not shot in that actual building. I understand that. But it's like such a tiny mm. little thing where that office is probably not a real office. It's a set and that's just a background they've dropped in the back. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is a location. But it just seemed like such a... Just, yeah, the the practical effects guys on set aren't... Itch me a little bit. ...aren't working with the, like, you know, second unit guys yeah. picking up those little shots. Yeah. Just going, hmm. Yeah, it's like you almost think they'd want to play it safe and just go like, oh, no, he works in, like, an underground bunker, like the really super secret parts. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
he's underground, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, look, nitpick, I had to get that out. Just tiny, tiny little <laughs> thing that means nothing. Well, he did have to use uh, his friend's swipe pass to get into his office too, which I that's, thought was interesting. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't wasn't allowed in, but then he's like, get me that bloke that called me in episode two or episode one. But, yeah, that Dr. Um, so-and-so. Yeah, Garrett yeah. Dillon. I know his real name. I don't know the character name, and I mm. do like him, and it's, it's good to bring him back. Although, it, as good as this show is, it, it, it is doing the thing that I don't like about the previously on because it shows mm. you exactly what's going to happen in this episode. So we haven't had anything to do with that doctor for weeks and they just show you them meeting again. It's like, oh, hey, call me if you ever change your mind. Come the end of the episode, he's like, hey, I've changed my mind. Hey, doctor. So it's like if you're sitting there ticking off things that you've seen in the previously on, come the towards the end of the episode, you're like, well, we still haven't got that yet. So it wasn't a massive surprise to see him rock up. But again, tiny little thing, but I'm glad he's there. And like we were teasing last podcast, Turner now is, he's gone full dark side now. Yeah. Like he, he's going to be so much worse now that he's had to, like he said, lose his child twice. The same daughter he's seen die or heard die of twice. And now he's called this bloke who is already a step ahead of him as far as what he wants to do with the mutants, I imagine. Yeah, shit's going to get real Ooh up for these guys real Look, quick. Look, I don't want I don't want to be heartless, but I mean, he was like 5 meters from his daughter when she died. She just needs to harden up. Like, you know, the blast killed her, didn't kill him or his wife. <laughs> I mean, what? Did that kid just get crushed by the the I, merry-go-round she was on? Maybe. I mean, it didn't even seem to burn the grass. Right. You know, too much. You know, so, yeah. Just okay. needs to that kid just needs to harden up. It's not the mutant's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster. I'm a monster. So, uh, okay, one thing really cool. We like seeing powers and, and new powers and even characters that we've seen their powers for weeks show you a different side of them. Eclipse in the truck where his power, as we've seen so far, he's able to emit light or emit light to a point where it's energy out of his hands. But then in the truck where they're going to hide from this you know, state trooper and he's like, I can actually consume all the light in this truck mm, so they I won't be able to it. see us. And it's like, me that'll be cool if you can do it and then even the guy shining the torch on the area and he was just getting crickets it was like shining yeah. a torch into a black hole and that was a really i mean it took a lot out of him but just a little addition there that we didn't know about that character to go wow these it's just i don't know it's a really cool idea of what that yeah, guy can and, do and that it, it took a toll on him mm. it was a lot harder to do than projecting the light yeah but it's funny as i'm watching the episode i'm going you idiots, why didn't you take the new guy, West that can, you know, he's like a human projector yep. that can project illusions. Yeah. Take him, he could have put like a false back in the back of the truck and mm. you guys are fine. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, okay, well, no, he couldn't have done what he did at the end if he was inside the truck. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll let, oh, okay, that makes, that works. I'm and early on, that. I was still a bit, I was, I was a bit weary of old West because the fact that he like. Oh, he's a player. Yeah. I mean, he's a player, but then when they were going through training with Polaris and he sort of, you know puts up his the image of flowers when she was going to pick up some weapons and he just turns around and laughs about it. She's like, is this a joke to you? He's like, nah, <laughs> that naughty kid in class. I don't know. I was, just, I was a bit weary of him, but I guess that's just his character's a bit... He's, a bit, he's not like he's you know, going to turn on him or anything yeah. stupid like that. So come the end of the episode when he played his part in that, and again, I say it almost every week about this show, I love seeing mutants work together. It's like some kind of football team or whatever where each player has got certain skills that themselves are pretty impressive and could probably score some points yeah. but you put them all together and you teach them how to work with one another, with each other's gifts 
they are near unstoppable. Well, what about la- we didn't even talk about it last week when uh, Polaris and Eclipse are in the car and there's the drone above them. Yeah, and she like grabs the mirror, holds it out. He, I'm like, that is relationship goals right there. Those two <laughs> are just relationship goals all day. I mean, I don't know how I feel about lasers. You know, uh, with enough energy, like you know, reflecting off a mirror. Well, no, it's light. It's yeah. Light. Yeah. Okay, so it's if like it was- heating, but. Yeah, if if it was well, think of it as sunlight. It's just it's just like a magnifying glass. Yeah, that's what just I mean. So, bouncing off. Yeah, off the mirror. If it was Cyclops' eye beams, I'd be like, no, 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 because there's no heat in those. That's actually a concussive blast. Right. So there's no there's that's friction. So that would actually just destroy the um, the mirror. Uh, the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I, I actually I, I quite like that. But yeah, having seeing them work together was great. I actually thought Polaris was gonna um pull up west because it's like she can sense metal she doesn't need to see it mm. she can sense it so it's like even though he's put that little thing up there it's like she still would have been able yeah, to just because yeah. <laughs> she may have not known what his power was yet so she might have thought he's actually turned it into a, a flower pot yeah. rather than actually just hiding the the toolbox so it's like she probably still could have just you know reached out and pulled the saw straight through the illusion yeah to say yeah and not, he'd have been screwed. not today junior not today and i found myself i was guilty i admit of thinking at the start oh How's how's that going to play into it? Like, where where is that going to prove useful? Mm. And then at the end, where you got the idea that maybe I thought he was going to make the truck disappear from there from the from the agent's view, the shield would go over them so that the truck could literally drive over those agents, and then he would put the mirage behind them, and they would never see the truck leave. Mm. So the fact that the shield was put there to make the truck jump over the cars, jump over the agents, get through the blockade, and then he puts it up as a diversion. Not even to block it off, but to divert them in different directions. Yeah. To the point where even Lauren was confused, saying, what if? What if they see the truck? Yeah. And he's like, what truck? There it is. Like, Boom. they're chasing With two trucks. With a fake trucks. ass on it. Like so, it just, just the way the mirror image peeled off into two different trucks yeah. looks so Cool. And even clever, it's like when you actually watch, um, if you look really, really closely with the truck as it's approaching the intersection, yeah, it even kind of pulls out wide to the right mm. as if it's taking the left. Yeah, right. Like obviously, practically, they would have had to have done that yeah. and like as the shot so that they could then mirror it so it could clear that corner. Yeah. But it's like it just plays into the whole thing where it's like it looks like the truck is properly taking the corner and then yeah. it splits. And then there's just that empty little sort of side road running behind it, which, yeah. I, yeah, I just thought that was great. And you think from a filmmaking point of view, too, is that they could take the easy route where they would have just had what I was suggesting. And again, I'm paying it myself here, but that's fine because it would have been <laughs> a worse idea having just the truck disappear. Because then it's just like one little layer. Yep, make the truck disappear. And the agent's like, what? Where did it go? But instead, no, go to the trouble of filming a truck, driving and doing all this stuff and then layering it and compositing and editing, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And again, like we said last week, the effects look really, really cool. Right. Wes's powers, I think, would be really difficult to... Like, the the visual of it really helps sell his power because mm. there is um, uh, an evil sort of mutant called Mastermind and he kind of... He's able to project like that kind of thing around himself, like an illusion around himself, right? To make him look different, like he's actually like he 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 appears to be this strapping, handsome, you know, dashing man, and then when he gets knocked unconscious, he's actually this shriveled, frail, you know, yeah, right. um, little goblin type sort of character, yeah. and it's like, and then he can project those um, those illusions into other people's minds as well. So Wes is kind of a variation on that, whereas he's just like this human projector that can mm. project up these screens, which I think was um was really really cool. Did you um did you notice something about the truck though? 
What? On the side of it. Yes. The name on the side. Claremont. Oh, really? Chris Claremont. I didn't even think. No, yeah. I, I didn't even notice it. And he is like he is like the be all and end all oh, yeah. when it yeah. comes especially when it comes to X Men. Yeah. Like um he was there like he, he wrote for X Men from nineteen seventy five to nineteen ninety one. Yeah, wow. He took them out of obscurity. They mm. actually originally the X Men were just like Angel Iceman, Cyclops, and Gene. And they were just these four. And that was when they had the black and yellow old yeah. school sort of stuff. And then Beast came along in his human form. And they kind of just rid out and then went away. It was actually then like Stanley and Chris Claremont who made them like that in the 70s, made them that stand-in for, you know, prejudice against mm. certain groups. And then introduced like the... Um, the international contingent, because obviously the original X-Men were all just a bunch of white folk. Yeah. And then suddenly in um, issue one, I think it was of giant-sized X-Men, that's when they introduced the international contingent. So you had Storm, you had Colossus, mm. you had Thunderbird, yeah. you had Nightcrawler, you had Wolverine, who was originally Australian. Um, was he? Yeah, he originally had an Australian accent. Um, I, how have I never heard that? And all really? the controversy that I obviously didn't really taking because I was a lot younger but when Hugh Jackman was cast like how yeah how wow there I've was never um, known that the the prequel to well not a prequel but there was a there's one episode it's called Pride of the X-Men and it was a precursor to the awesome 90s uh, X-Men cartoon mm. but it was done in like the 70s where Kitty Pride was in it was her being introduced into the X-Men rather than Jubilee mm. and yeah uh Wolverine's in that and he's he's wearing his guy jean costume the white and brown yeah and he's got an Australian accent how has Deadpool not played with that somehow? Like, you know, <laughs> we keep joking about the idea that, jo- that the, the Deadpool movies will feature, even though he's retired from the role, apparently, uh, Hugh Jackman to come back for, like, a, now I guess what would be a Deadpool 3. Because you could have him go up to even Hugh Jackman, the actor, because we know he exists in the Deadpool world because he's on every magazine that they reference, <laughs> and go up and say, hey, you've got to be a part of my movie. People are wanting it. And him going, oh, no, mate, f*** off. And he's like, oh, you're doing your old school Wolverine impression when you're a star. <laughs> they could use that. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I've never known I'll that I'll have before. to send you some uh, some links to it. It's it's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And we did get a time frame now as well. It's been three weeks since the dance when um, yeah, yeah, when yeah. Andy Andy sort of revealed his powers. It's been three weeks since then. Yeah. So I'm like, that's, like we said, six episodes in so that, you know, Every episode's, on average, taking place just over a couple of days. Yeah, and they feel like they're, they're even covering less time than three weeks, so... Yeah. Yeah, this one was, I guess, I mean, it's the first chance they had. Well, actually, it's been probably less than three weeks, because mm. she does say... What does uh, Lauren say? She says, three weeks ago, my biggest issue was, what, what are we going to have for breakfast, or yeah. whatever it was. So, yeah, I guess it's been less than three weeks then since the dance. Yeah. So... And it was good, like, their little family dynamic going on. You know, you had... Um, Andy going off with his dad on their little mission. You had Lauren stick around with her mum and mm. not so much do anything together until the end. You know, it was more about their different ideas on how to approach staying with the mutants and, and, and developing Lauren's self as as a mutant. And I guess to the same extent with uh, with the son as well, you know. I I liked the end of that story with, uh, with Reed sort of saying to Andy that he was okay with what he did and that, mm. you know, he was very proud of him as a son, blah, blah, blah. I don't like how quickly it turned when they were sitting there in the back of the truck, you know, having a bit of a breather after. Oh, um, when they're at the rest stop? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sitting in the back of the truck at the rest stop and and Reed being a father trying to have a talk to his son who really hasn't had a conversation with him in a couple of weeks saying, 
oh, does it hurt? Oh, not really. You know, it's just it's a feeling. I have to force it, but mm. it's it's it, it's not a pain thing. It's more of a you know, it's it's like yelling, and it's a real good payoff, and I feel good about it once I've done it. And then mm. he just, oh, well, you don't want to hurt people, and I'm like, calm down, yeah. mate. It's not what he said. It's like if you go to the gym and like just like wail on a punching bag for like. Yeah. 15 minutes you feel ama- if you've had a shitty day that feels amazing to just take your frustrations yeah. out on a on a punching bag would it be like doing that and someone coming up to you and go if you do that again I'm going to arrest you for assault yeah. or don't, like, do, don't do that to people guys you yeah. know, it's like, well, obviously yeah, that's, that's why I'm doing it here yeah. like, like Andy the, the, what's he he's blown a tyre and crumbled a wall so far yeah. in five and then weeks those, um, three weeks you know the, the when they're on the run still the um, the parking meters Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that was just to show off because I don't think you ended up getting the money from those, did they? No. So I, I was a bit like, oh, this, I understand you had to get to a point where Andy was angry at his dad and Reed was a bit like, shit, this kid might need some watching. But it was just mm. such a silly little comment for him to react to like that. Yeah. That- for me, the greatest moment was actually when Reed and Eclipse are having their conversation and it's it was a real, pardon the pun, human moment mm. where it's like, Carlos is giving Reed advice as a mutant, saying, yeah. well, as a mutant child, this is what I would have needed from my dad. This is what I would have needed. Um, this is what you need to give Andy. Mm. And then at the last minute, flips it. And then suddenly, Carlos is asking for advice mm. on being a father, yeah. given that uh, Polaris is pregnant. So mm. I, I just loved that kind of you know flipping dynamic. And yeah. it, it, it really surprised me. I was like, oh, that was actually really poignant. Yeah. I really like that. There was a, like a little, not even a throwaway line, but some detail that Johnny shared where he was like, the X-Men had chose him to either join or help lead the mutant underground. Yeah, so it's like he's been in contact with them and they've said, oh, look, we need to go away. You need to yeah. like carry the torch and do this. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. It really does open the idea that maybe you'll just get, you know, Storm rock up next season mm. just to check or get a phone call and check in or something like that's yeah. really interesting because I know they have said I think in the first episode we don't even know whether the X Men still exist we yeah don't know the Brotherhood still exists but at the same time I, I I sort of distanced myself from that comment just for a second to think about all this could be going on like when we talk Shield right and all this shit's going down in Shield you're like why isn't Iron Man helping out with this? How is how's Captain America not aware of what's going on? You know, why are they calling for help from X a number of other heroes? Mm. And you just sort of have to go, okay, whatever. They're a little bit separate. There's you know rights issues going on. There's arguments between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios. Whatever. With this though, I sort of get the feeling that all this could be going on while the X Men are at the mansion, definitely. While they're planning meetings, while they're actually yeah. off. On missions while they're having quarrels with handling the villains, handling Magneto rocking yeah, up or whoever it is, is rocking it's up. It's like the Sentinel services. Well, we can handle a small group of mutants, so that's what we're going to focus on. You know, we yeah. actually don't know where that storm chick is. We don't know where the bloke with three claws is. You know, we don't know where their base is. Yeah, these kids, these group of of mutant refugees, as they become in this episode, we at least can contain them. We're aware of them to a point. They make stupid enough mistakes often enough that we're going to keep. Tabs on them because maybe they'll lead us to the big picture. Yeah, and it's almost as if you could look at it. It's like, okay, well, if the human race knows about mutants and they know about Xavier's school for gifted youngsters and stuff like that, that's very official. Mm. And it's like this kind of underground thing exists in an unofficial capacity. Mm. So it's almost like there's almost like there's a movie out there that's happening where it's like, you know, the X Men have saved some mutants and they need to get them 
out of the country or something like yeah. that. And they use the underground railroad system through these um, rebels to, to do that. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. But for me, my internal chronology is, for me, this takes place perfectly in between X-Men 3 and X-Men Days of Future Past mm. with that apocalyptic future. Yeah. Um, for me, it fits in perfectly in there. Yes, it doesn't have to necessarily be the exact same universe where, you know, Phoenix and Xavier and stuff all died at the end of X-Men 3 and all that sort of mm. stuff. But... Just the fact that Blink is there and it's like her age is kind of perfect that in, you know, 10 or 15 years or 20, she could be Blink from Days of Future Past. And the fact that Johnny Warpath, who's in Days of Future Past, is Johnny's younger brother. Yeah. So that kind of fits it. Like it all kind of, for me, it all kind of fits. Yeah. Um, I did notice though, there was, they were playing up a little bit in the episode, Johnny's dad. Mm. So I'm wondering if maybe they'll step away from the Warpath aspect being Johnny's younger brother and maybe he's almost the Warpath. Because, okay, so I'll, I'll, in the in the comics, uh, Warpath, the original Warpath, is actually a member of the X-Men. He comes in, like I was telling you about before, with the um, the giant-sized X-Men when they introduced the international contingent. Mm. And he's a good guy. Um, and he ends up dying in the line of duty. And then he has a younger brother, Warpath, who actually, for a while, takes on the moniker of Thunderbird, but is actually a villain. Like, if, if you watch um, the original X-Men cartoon, you know at the very, very end when they're all running towards each other? Yeah, before, yeah. Warpath, uh, sorry, uh, Thunderbird is there, like, next to Sabretooth, like, on the bad guy's side. Yeah, right. He's never in the, in the show, yeah. but he's just there. Um, so Warpath is kind of like a bad guy, but that eventually sort of becomes a, a good guy mm. over time and kind of forgives the X-Men because he blames the X-Men for the death of his older brother. Right. So there's a part of me that goes, okay, maybe they're going to play up the father-son thing rather than the brother thing. Or, or it could be Johnny's father actually had another son to another woman and that's like Johnny's half-brother and that could eventually be Warpath in like four seasons time if yeah, the show keeps yeah, going. Yeah. Or... Johnny's father was the original Thunderbird. He's been killed and Johnny has taken up the moniker of Thunderbird. Right, they yeah. could be doing it that way yeah. and just removing the he's a bad guy element from it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? So I'm, I've never seen this, like, so, so much of, like, the X-Men movies are just repeats and retreads of stories from the comics and the cartoons and stuff like that. And again, newer cartoons repeat storylines from... Uh, earlier cartoons and comics, but this this idea is like of this show is so fresh. Mm. I can't actually predict where things are going. Yeah, they've been really clever in choosing characters because Polaris has been a bad guy, but she's also been a member of X Factor and the X Men. She dated Iceman for a while. Yeah, right. Um, and same with T Bird. Like he's been good and he's been bad, depending on which version you look at. So it's like, yes, they're the heroes in this show. But I feel like they could go bad at some point. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And then the other characters are mostly new. Blink has even worked for Magneto at some points, but then has also been parts of X Factor. So I just love that they're they're telling this story and I'm not predict I can't predict where it's going to go. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm so in love with that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm just so in love with the fact that I, I can't just predict it and go, yep, yeah, okay, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Like there's none of that going on. Well, certainly so, when you think about it that way, compared to what we've already seen in now six episodes, the idea that we're we're not even halfway through this series yet, mm. where they could possibly go, what they could possibly do. So, say it each and every week. I can't wait to watch the next episode. Have you got the title of episode seven there for me, Maddie? Uh, I do. It's Extreme Measures. Okay. Mm. Which may tie into the fact that I was very surprised at the end of this episode 
Marco's ex is already calling in her favour. Oh, of course. I yeah. thought for sure that would have been like a next season thing. Like mm. I thought we we wouldn't hear from her for the rest of the season. That was like two episodes ago. Yeah. She's calling in her shit already. So it'll be interesting to see how that toys with things, especially now that, you know, um, the agent is kind of really on the warpath here. Mm. It's like, are those two things going to collide? It's... And Polaris is going to have something to say about uh, Surely. Because what does uh, the ex call her? Magnet girl. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, she's not going to put up with that. Hell no. No. All right, we'll be back uh, next podcast to talk episode seven, Extreme Measures of the Gifted. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out all of our past episodes, all of our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. chats. That's Maddie and I. I also join Ben and Terry from Getting the Geek for our DCTV Arrowverse chats. You can find them on the channels as well. Also, our movie reviews, spoiler and non-spoiler of some of the biggest movies to come out this year as they come out, so go check them out on the channel. Otherwise, hit us up on the socials. Like, share, comment, subscribe, whatever. Search Getting the Geek. Myself, if you want to come and talk some geeky gear, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, Come at me with your gifted theories. At Maddie. Is that like an alternate to sliding into my DMs? Come at me with sure. your gifted theories? Come at me. Just th- just all over my face. Just your gifted your gifted ideas. Just all over me. Just toss your theories yeah. over Maddie's just, face. Just all over them. Yeah. Just in and around my face. No, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. Get into geek.com.